All right, here we go. Looks like we are live. I certainly appreciate those of you who are joining me live on this Thanksgiving morning. Uh, Going to be a fun little podcast here. Look at a UF game that we're talking about, and we'll have a good little discussion. I talked to Bud yesterday, and uh, Bud, I think he's feeling okay. Bud's voice is uh, is a no go. Uh, Bud sounded like. Uh, like you ever go over and spend the night at somebody's house when you're 10 years old and try to stay up all night and end up whispering. I don't know. He just, you know, Bud was, was whispering to me about whether or not I'd seen the all 22 for the Vandy game. And that was his voice. So it is a one man show uh, this morning. Uh, Bud will be back with us probably for the instant reaction. Uh, but the show goes on and here we go. As always, we'll thank our friends, Tarpon Cellars, elite wine company that we've been so fortunate to pair with who are really uh, only continuing to explode on the scene with uh, some fantastic wines. Uh, always going to thank Louisiana Hot Sauce, the good people at New Iberia, Louisiana, number one in our books. And uh, Congruity HR, I want to thank Matt Lewis. He's been nothing but uh, fantastic for us, for our business, and uh, have a big addition here that I'm really excited to uh, talk to you guys about. So um, a fantastic organization called Student Veterans of America, uh, decided to pair with Congruity as well. Uh, Student Veterans of America does more or less what you think they would do as far as uh, helping veterans with educational opportunities. And uh, they happen to have a CEO that is a proud Florida State fan and listener of the Nolcast. And uh, he has brought on Congruity uh, to handle all of their internal operations when it comes to payroll. And we're so very proud. Uh, they Listen to it on the Nolcast. Been in touch with Matt Lewis for a couple weeks now. Uh, excuse me, a couple months now. Uh, been working with him for a couple weeks now, but it was a, a perfect fit. They were able to work with him, save him money. And uh, as I say, if you can get better service and uh, and save money while using a partner of the Nolcast, then that's a, a fantastic partnership. So as always, thank you to Matt Lewis and his team and Kukruti HR for the vital role that they play in making the Nolcast possible. All right, y'all. No, no uh, mimosa at this point in time. Going to talk about uh, a Florida team that is uh, a little bit hard to make sense of. Uh, they're certainly wildly explosive uh, on the offensive side of the ball is where we'll start this conversation. And at times, they can be wildly explosive. They live and die by that explosiveness. Um, fortunately for Florida State, one of the better teams in the country in stopping uh, explosive plays. So, just from the most macro of macro of reviews, I think this is a fairly good look uh, for for Florida State overall. When you look at individual personnel, obviously uh, Richardson is like a legit legit huge. I mean, he is a uh, athletic outside linebacker who happens to occasionally flash the skills that are you know very much needed to be an elite quarterback. Um, problem with that is that the skills that he shows sometimes are, are not there on the next play or are the next season, uh, the next series rather. He is, um, this is a little bit of a strange comparison to make on a Florida State podcast because you guys didn't see a whole lot of Jeff Sims. But when I watch Anthony Richardson, I, I almost see him as like a rich man, Jeff Sims. Um, the upside's higher. The plays that he makes it like makes your draw drop, makes your draw drop even further. And uh, there's also throws that he makes particularly there's some throws in the LSU game where you're like 
dude, if this is what this guy's going to be, then we're all in a decent amount of trouble. Uh, but like I said, the consistency is not there. Can be both erratic uh, with accuracy of throws and and decision making. Uh, he is very hard to sack, as you would imagine. Uh, moves very well in the pocket. And uh, just looking here at some of Bud's notes, he's uh, 18th in sack rate allowed. Uh, those that are charged with protecting Johnson on uh, Florida's offensive line is probably the best offensive line that the Florida State's seen so far this year. So I, I'm very interested to see. Uh, what this looks like, you know, we've talked about trying to get better barometers for how good this team's playing. And I think from an individual unit perspective, we're going to uh, we're going to get that uh, a little bit about the defensive line. This will be I love this. We'll get a good idea as to, you know, I, we'll just get a good read on where these guys are and, and if this unit is is playing at the level that you think it is. Um, there's a little bit of. um there's a little bit of mystery at tackle for them. Uh, Michael Tarquin, I believe is how you pronounce his name, has been the starter, uh, was seen, I believe, seen wearing a boot. Not that that means a whole lot. As a former Florida State head coach, was fond of putting a boot on just about anybody whose uh, ankle was, was even the least bit sore. But uh, even if Tarquin is not available, they've got a kid named Austin Barber, a uh, very good player as well. So uh, obviously we're all looking at Florida State's depth chart. We're going to talk about the receiver position, uh, but if you see that one place where there's a, another starter missing, uh, I'll just tell you in general the the depth is is decent there, and and Florida's offensive line is a uh, is a good unit, and and something that I'm excited excited to see how uh, Florida State plays on Friday. Uh, backs are really good. Johnson is is the more consistent of the backs. Etienne. Um, I mean, if, you, if you're running back with a name like Etienne, it would only make sense that you're the the more explosive one. But uh, Florida's Florida's backs are really good, and uh, this is the strength of their offense. The past two units that I'm talking about, and and it's only magnified if they get you know good Anthony uh, Anthony Richardson. So um, wide receivers, I just referenced it. Uh, I didn't, you know. I make jokes about like having to call fraternity kids from the IM fields all the time. I, I don't think Florida's quite there yet, but um, if if the reports from yesterday are true, then you know Florida's going to be running as as thin at receiver as uh, I'm trying to think of a, a Florida State unit in, in recent comparison, but uh, very thin. Yeah, that's great analysis, isn't it? Um, so. Uh, exceptionally thin at receiver. I do want to see who actually plays. And, you know, I don't know that there's a whole lot of gamesmanship to be gained by, um, you know, false report, false reporting availability. Um, but just, you know, let's see if, if they're really down that bad. Uh, if they're really down that bad at the wide receiver position, then that would change how I approach this, this offense. And, you know, you can, be all the more uh, aggressive about stopping the run if you want to. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just looking here. I mean, if it's true that you're that you're looking at like, well, we'll just see. I mean, you're potentially looking at uh, a redshirt freshman, a, a freshman, and uh, Pearsall, who's been a decent kind of safety net type target available for them. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that they're necessarily like their tight ends are a position that they're going to be able to lean on as well. This is this is a, a rough spot for them. And if reports are true, 
then they're going to be uh, ex- exceptionally limited in that part of the ball. So as far as the style of offense, uh, again, their style may be impacted by their availability of players and talent, but they they are you know spread a little bit uh, under center, off a lot of run, and when they really get cooking, they you know like most teams with a really athletic quarterback, um, use a lot of play action boots and screens to just kind of make you confused, not trust yourself, and allow that you know, 235 pound athlete that probably runs like a legit four five five, which by the way is a very fast time, uh, relatively speaking, that extra, you know, quarter second of hesitation or indecision from a defender. So again, uh, if they start to be successful, uh, uh the offense really cooks when they can have a little bit of success with the run, start to work play action screens, and then they love to try to, you know, that like I said. They live and die on explosiveness, so it doesn't come as a surprise when I tell you, you know, they love to try to uh, mess around a little bit and then hit you with a 65-yard post route or something like that. So uh, this is an offense that thrives on explosiveness, as I started the conversation here, uh, and Florida State's one of the better teams in all of college football when it comes to limiting uh, teams, uh, you know, teams for large explosive plays. So, um yeah, we'll just have to see what it looks like. This is a little bit of a, a mash unit. There's some people in the chat who have compared uh, Florida State's wide receiver unit of uh, 2000, or excuse me, wide, Florida State's linebacker unit of maybe 2017 and 18 to where UF's is. And, you know, there might be a decent comparison, uh, perhaps UF's even in a little bit of a worse situation. So how do you potentially try to uh, attack this this offense uh, from a defensive perspective, if the depth chart is correct. Um, you know, I think goal number one has to be that you can't let them just beat you with their strengths that I talked about. You can't let them beat you with run game, you know, realistic. If you're playing the odds uh, and you, you know, acknowledge the inexperience and, and injuries that they have at wide receiver, uh, a, a solid game plan of, you know, committing to stopping the run and the deep ball. Uh, allowing short stuff. If he proves he can, you know, make those throws, then, then so be it. And make um, Anthony Richardson be a quarterback that can, you know, consistently operate on short stuff and, you know, uh, wonderful football cliche of methodically move the ball down the field. Nothing for 65, uh, nothing where you consistently allow uh, five, six, nine, 12 yards on the ground. And I think you can, you know, bottle this offense up uh, relatively easily. Now, you know, maybe I'm just being wildly optimistic here, uh, but I just don't see this offense having a whole lot of success. Now, I will acknowledge that, you know, Florida does have some of the things uh, that has historically given this defense problems. They run a lot of bunch sets. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much zone you can play. We've we've talked about uh, some of the you know, general theory that Florida State has struggled to play zone a little bit. And uh, I think that may be a little bit overblown, but there's some some truth to it as well. Uh, yeah, if you can play zone here, it's going to help you an awful lot, uh, both in the fact that Richardson at times has struggled to diagnose some things, particularly when he gets flushed, and also uh, just, you know, general football 101, when you've got a wildly athletic quarterback, it is, uh, you know, more beneficial to play zone than it is man-to-man because you don't have to turn your back to him and, you can see a guy who has averaged, I think, 
8.1 yards carry or something like that when you back out a sack adjusted yardage. Um, that's what Anthony Richardson's uh, YPC is when you back out uh, sack adjusted yardage. And he's a, you know, he's a big athlete. He's a really good runner. And if you can play a, a zone and kind of see that big athlete start to turn into a runner uh, rather than having to adjust uh, with your back to him, then all the better. So uh, shout out to, uh, again, the the chat here. I uh, been a crazy week for me. I won't, you know, bore you guys with the details and wouldn't be best to do so anyway. Uh, but, uh, just had a headache last night, decided to postpone, uh, doing a late night Nolcast and wake up here with my, uh, my Nolcast uh, family and all the other wonderful degenerates who, uh, will either listen to this on a podcast as they, uh, are on the ride to the game or seeking escape from family. But the real degen class here is the, uh, the group live at eight o'clock on Thanksgiving morning. And I ever so appreciate you guys. Uh, jumping in the chat and supporting the podcast that we do here. So want to thank the legendary team. Been talking to Shannon all week. He has, uh, he's been in Tallahassee more than ready for the game. Uh, nobody's a bigger Noel fan than Chad and Chad, uh, you know, Chad is uh, great in the fact that he's a sponsor and a wonderful supporter of the Noel cast, but he's all the better in the fact that he'll jump in the group text and give you a pretty good idea as to what his game preview is here as well. And uh, that's awesome. So two diehard Knolls who uh, have been incredible in their support of the Knollcast and obviously um, have found avenues to support uh, the broader program as well with some of their uh, NIL support that they've recently offered. So uh, the fun part of the conversation here for me is what it looks like when Florida State has the ball. I don't, you know, I don't think that the, uh, I don't think that UF's defense can really stop what Florida State's doing right now. And, uh, you know, is, is are there some stats out there over the past four games or so that are a little bit inflated from Florida State's offensive perspective based off who they played? Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> you're playing somewhat of a level of opponent that you're going to be playing again on Friday. So I don't know that it's, you know, entirely appropriate to just dismiss those stats again uh, to, you know, uh, reiterate one of the – brighter minds in college football, which is uh, that of my co-host. I was able to, uh, one, look at his notes uh, when we talked yesterday, and he whispered to me uh, all his ideas on the game. Uh, and he also sent me a couple clips from, um, he sent me a couple clips from cover three. Bud loves the uh, over on the team total when it comes to Florida State scoring, which I think is around uh, 32 and a half or something like that. So uh, not just me who is of the opinion that uh, Florida State has success here. Uh, my co-host whose voice has been stolen this morning also uh, thinks along those lines. Not a great defense by any means. 71st and SAP plus uh, the defense, uh, the decent offenses that it has faced. Uh, it scored, uh, excuse me, the defense, the decent offense that it has faced has scored on them. Uh, 26. 38 in the case of Tennessee, uh, 42 uh, for LSU, and 42 for Georgia. So uh, really big on the inside, real big, like 405 pounds big uh, at times. But I'll be interested to see. You know, uh, Watson's the individual that I'm talking about there uh, who, you know, no knock on him. Dog, if I could have played – if I could have played big-time college football, uh, I would have done so as well. And if I had to, you know – get to 380 pounds to do it. I guess that's just uh, the price we pay. So 
Better athlete than I am, Mr. Watson. I'm certainly not uh, taking shots at you, but a guy who's big enough to where he can really only play, you know, probably 20, 22 snaps a game. Uh, I am interested to see, uh, and and Bud, I believe, talked about this on the past Nolcast. If he didn't, maybe it was just a phone conversation. Uh, I do think that you, you know, you try to run some tempo here. Uh, you test what appears to be a depleted depth chart, not just at wide receiver, but across the board. And, um, you know, if you if you can get them stuck in a situation where Watson has to play five snaps in a row or something like that, um, I don't know if it's fair to completely say you're playing 10 on 11, but I think it's pretty close. Um, their linebacker Miller, uh, in my mind, maybe their best defensive player is suspended for the first half uh, for targeting. Pretty significant drop off from him to all of the other linebackers. Florida's DBs are. Uh, okay. Uh, their safety is a gentleman, the last name of Torrance, who again is, is one of their better defenders in general. And, uh, he got hurt against Vanderbilt and I'm not sure we're really going to see him. So I, you know, look, I'm, maybe I'm just misguided. Uh, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, got, got too much, uh, you know, too, too much success in these past four games are, are jaded, uh, my opinion, or uh, not allowing me to have clear thought here. But I think this goes Florida State's uh, way. And if I wasn't going to, you know, get in trouble for uh, YouTube copyright violation, maybe I'd just play Seminole win here for the next two week, two minutes and we could just sit here and, and vibe on it. But unfortunately, that is not an option. And uh, I'll have to return to the regularly scheduled uh, podcast. Florida's defense is uh, that that runs predominantly 4-2-5. Uh, they try not to allow the big play. Uh, they do normally have to blitz to get pressure. It's a decent defensive line, but it's not something uh, that is particularly special, and it's not something that you can just go out there and let them kind of eat on their own. Uh, I hadn't planned that as a segue, but I can't imagine that there's going to be a better possible segue for me to have there uh, than to mention how uh, – you can eat on your own or with a group of your best friends at uh, Charlie Park this weekend or any of the fine for the table establishments would encourage reservations if they are still available. I looked last night. I saw uh, a couple things available for Sunday on their brunch. Uh, so if you're going to stick around for the weekend, I would certainly add that to your docket. Uh, but Charlie Park is doing a ton of things right now. I'd go to their website, Charlie Park Rooftop Bar. Dot com uh, to take a look at what his options or what the options are. Uh, make a reservation to maybe go up there and uh, get a cocktail uh, on the uh, in the afternoon leading up to the game. Uh, and it is a brilliant place. That is absolutely one of the gems of Tallahassee and undoubtedly, in my opinion, uh, Tallahassee's best rooftop bar. So a uh, big shout out to those guys. Um Back to discussing what it looks like when Florida State has the ball and and how uh, they're going to try to attack this defense, in my opinion. Uh, look, you should be able to do both. You should be able to run the ball. You should be able to pass on them. Uh, you got to be smart with the football. I, I talked about running tempo. I think you do want to run tempo. Uh, at times, I think I've this is just a, a comment of general watching football. At times, quarterbacks who haven't, uh, run tempo for a long time, I think can be sometimes overly aggressive. Uh, you don't have to do that here. Be patient. Don't press. Uh, look, you can, you can get this defensive line blocked up. 
you can wear this defensive line out, in my opinion. Um, I think that, you know, in the in the fourth quarter, if you're uh, churning into UF's depth chart and you're having them play, you know, third stringers or, or worse, then, uh, you know, you could you could look at Florida State winning by by 20 points or more. And uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just being a, a, a big having a big fanboy moment. But I, I think this one goes uh, goes very much in favor of the Knowles. So uh, you got a month before the bowl game. I'd let Jordan I'd, I'd let Jordan run. I'd let Jordan, uh, you know, make not that this is going to be some like national uh statement game because UF lost to Vandy last week and hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't done their share as far as getting into this game as a ranked team. Uh, but this is just another moment for Jordan to fully cement the incredible turnaround that he's had. Um, and whether it be from an NIL perspective or whether it be from an NFL draft perspective, uh, I'm sure Jordan's going to want to put out, you know, one final, uh, solid piece of tape and uh, let those <laughs> that are going to be tasked uh, with, with paying him again, whether it be a Sunday team or uh, somebody else, you know, look at, look at one more brilliant product and know that they've got to either do everything they can to pay him or uh, an NFL team uh, tries to figure out how, you know, a absurdly talented athlete uh, works into their plans on Sunday. So, um, Want to talk about our friends at Prize Picks? If you are listening to this uh, here live with us or uh, immediately afterwards, I want to point out to you that they are offering a free square today in the form of uh, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, uh, the gritty master himself, uh, Mr. Jefferson. It is, I think, uh, 0.5 yards of offensive productivity, or perhaps it's receiving yards, but it's as, it's as close as a free thing as they can give you. Um, I don't know. I know Bud and I have talked about this, but they recently offered up like a six play 25 multiple. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a, you know, 20, you know, putting a 25 times on it can, uh, can make almost any amount of money, uh, pretty appealing as to what could be there on the back end. But the best thing about this free square y'all is that that six time, uh, that six play 25 multiple basically turns into a five play 25 multiple. If you just want to do, um, two plays and you think there's one uh, out there, whether it be a pro game or, or that of what we'll look at uh, on Saturday or, or Florida uh, or Friday for, for our particular example here, uh, then you could play two and a free square. And I think you get like three times back if that hits. So uh, go look at the exact multiplier on that one. I don't want to overstate it, uh, but I did put it in my tweet earlier this morning from the Nolcast account. Price Picks has been a brilliant sponsorship and a brilliant partnership for us. Uh, blown away by the support that we've received uh, from y'all as far as how many of you that have signed up and played. And um, just thank you for that. And I can tell you that I've both, uh, you know, won money from them. More importantly, the money that I won from them, they actually put in my bank account. You'd be surprised how that doesn't always coincide with each other. And uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it because I've gotten to appreciate a much more wider scope of, of college football this year. So as far as prediction times, um, I'm going to say something to the effect of uh, 41 to 20. Uh, I think Florida state wins here. Uh, I think bud, let me just look real quickly. Sorry, bad podcasting, but uh, look at my phone. Bud on the prediction has it at uh, 38 to 23. So we're not all that off. Um, I'll 
you know, if you guys have any questions here over the next 10 minutes or so, I'm happy to just uh, field your questions uh, from chat and we go from there. I saw where we had a question earlier in the show about uh, Brock Glenn's commitment. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's a instant of or a instance of coaches um, <laughs> of coaches uh, just sticking with it. And, you know, a kid commits to a, a program like Ohio State in years past. I'm not sure that Florida State necessarily has the, uh, you know, chest out, uh, chin up approach to continue to recruit and pursue a kid. And to be fair, your program hasn't been on par to even allow you to think about talking seriously with a kid that is otherwise committed to a program like Ohio state with where Ohio state is right now and where Florida state's been. Um, certainly I think the record played a significant role here. Uh, I do think that, you know, Florida state's uh, doing everything they can both on the field and otherwise to be very competitive. And that's a, you know, that's a good thing. I think there's some, um, you know, look, winning games really matters. And I don't think you're going to fully feel the impact of this until next year. Uh, but I do think that there's a case for a strong close. And, you know, there may be even a couple kids on the board there uh, that Florida State has a chance at that the you know general public isn't aware of. And that is directly tied to the performance. But as far as like a whole, hey, we got a chance to, you know, do something special, special. That's the 24 class. I mean, it takes... It takes a while, uh, both for good and bad, to process itself and kind of work its way into the recruiting cycle. And I say that all the time. Um, if a team is having a, a really bad stretch, uh, a lot of times it takes two to three or really a lot of times it takes four weeks for you to kind of see that actually turn into, um, you know, turn into decommitments. If you're familiar with like leading and, and lagging indicators, uh, you know, kids de decommitting because of performance is like one of the most lagging indicators that there is out there in all of college football. Uh, our old friend Kesna asked about the uh, situation with Mr. Sam McCall. Yeah, man, I, you know, it looks like um, it looks like that's a kid who's just, you know, going through a little bit of a rough stretch as a freshman. And if he transfers out, uh, so be it. I, obviously, there was a post on social media about that uh, 10 days or two weeks ago or so. Um, culture is pretty good in this locker room. I mean, it is, it, I have to give Mike credit that now, you know, not, that doesn't mean like a hundred guys sit around and hold hands and sing Kumbaya, but there's a pretty general high level of commitment and buy-in. And, um, uh, if a guy doesn't want to be around, uh, then so be it. And, um, yes, Sam McCall was the highest rated recruit in last year's class. I believe perhaps Armella was according to, uh, which service you look at. But, man, you can go get another uh, – I'm, I'm not dismissing kids by any means, but Florida State losing a kid in the secondary is not something that they can't recover from. That That's a, a guy um, in McCall that I think is, uh, you know, just general freshmen when they go to college sometimes have problems, sometimes get homesick. Um, you combine that with, you know, maybe a kid who wants to play corner but is kind of – you know, got a little bit more of a, a safety skill set. And, you know, there may be some, it may be a guy that just wants to go play, uh, you know, go play a DB at another school or something like that. I don't know. Certainly wish him the best. Uh, let me look here and see if there's uh, any more intelligent uh, conversation offered rather than some of the more recent dribble that looks to be coming from the uh, UF side of things. 
Um, sorry for our podcast listeners. I know this is not uh, not great content here. Yes, unlike the uh, LSU game, this this computer does actually happen to be a touchscreen. A little bit of an inside joke there, but uh, good times. Uh, as far as uh, I see a lot of people predicting more or less the same thing, a lot of predictions that have Florida State winning by anywhere from kind of 14 to 18 here. Uh, Ryan McGuire in your block, uh, Brock Glenn comment, I talked on. And, uh, yeah, Florida State must take advantage of Miller being out in the first half. I completely agree with, uh, oh, wow, Rick Flair made his way into the chat today. Uh, thank you, sir an all-timer um yeah that's pretty much what i see as far as questions that i wasn't able to otherwise address uh, like i said if y'all have got anything else i'll try to hit it tonight Nolcast listener josh ross is uh over at the world cup in uh in qatar that is incredible uh going to the brazil game tonight dude that is that is incredible incredible josh awesome have a great time man i really appreciate you checking in out there um so Kesna asks, if you haven't already talked about it, can you talk about how people are not giving UF enough respect? And then if AR has a good game, this could be an interesting game. Well, perhaps I'm one of those people, Kesna. Uh, I just think that this does this is not a great fit for Florida uh, in general. I am interested to see what the weather looks like. It does look like we could get some rain. Uh, that would, in my opinion, you know, benefit Florida to an extent. But it's not like Florida State can't, you know, also uh, run the ball and, uh, but. You know, being able to run the ball and then hit the occasional uh, big play is a little bit of a, a recipe for a rain game. So, yeah, I would think if you if you get the weather uh, involved and, you know, maybe I would take my 21 point prediction and scroll that down to 16 or 17 or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, hey, look, if, if AR 15 comes out and has like the best game of his life, then. Um, maybe this is a competitive game. I, I don't know that this is a game that he could just like necessarily take over and dominate. Um, I talk about the fact that this isn't a great fit for Florida. Um, I heard, I'll, I'll give credit to Josh Pate. This is not, I, I try to do that. I honestly don't try to rip off other people's content and stats and present them as my own. Perhaps others could learn from such an activity. But Josh Pate uh, stated that UF is giving up uh, out of 131 teams, Florida's 126 on third down conversion rate giving up from a defensive perspective. Uh, Florida State's six in the country when it comes to third down conversion rate. Uh, that is a, a stat that you don't want to live on. Uh, football is a sport that is of relatively small sample size. And even going into the final regular season game, uh, third down stats are not, you know, there's not a huge uh, sample size there to judge that by, uh, obviously as large as we're going to get. But um, that's a just an example of why when I look at this, I just don't see this being a good fit for this, uh, for Florida and, and where the program is right now overall. Um, let's see, more just gibberish. Which your life's good, dog. If you're, you know, at eight forty-five in the morning and popping off on YouTube on other people's show, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you jumping in, and uh, any comment is uh, only that of which magnifies the Nolcast via the YouTube algorithm. So that's awesome. Uh, okay, so portal talk. Hey, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
put the uh, transfer portal NIL conversation, all of that stuff on hold. Got a got an incredibly important game here tomorrow. Let's focus on that and acknowledge that as soon as that game ends, we're all going to just talk about uh, recruiting, obviously recruiting NIL, and we're going to talk about keeping players uh, on this roster if possible, and certainly NIL will be a large part of that uh, as well, at least in theory. So uh, let's table those discuss- discussions for after the Florida game, but I will do so by acknowledging that they will be like the dominant, uh, you know, dominant driving force of a lot of what we talk about. Most important question of the day, asked Jeffrey, ham or turkey? Um, I'm, I'm not a lover of turkey in general, uh, although, you know, there are certainly some uh, great turkeys out there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I do think the turkey has its place uh, at Thanksgiving, uh, but I think it's, you know, there to be shared uh, with other places. I know, I think Bud uh, does a, a pretty large brisket on Thanksgiving Day. I you know, maybe I'm just uh, the the consumer in me went out uh, and bought a a big rib roast uh, that I'll cook for uh, myself and and some of my wife's family later today. So uh, I like to have a little something else. And uh, for the ham people out there, that's a pretty great uh, great thing to be able to go to as well. I love the ham always for the uh, day after you know sandwiches and leftovers and things like that. So. Um, now, the final question here comes from Stephen Britt. Stephen asked, should we be worried that Brock, Brock Lynn and OSU parted ways because they found a better quarterback in uh, Kane Holtz and uh, Glenn has had a mediocre year? No, I really wouldn't worry about that. I mean, evaluations of, on a lot of these guys are made more about you know what they do in front of you, what they do in camp settings. I'm not saying that you just dismiss a kid's uh, senior year, particularly – if I remember correctly, Glenn doesn't play at a particularly high level of high school ball. So I'll have to go look at that, Stephen. And, you know, if there's been just dramatic fall off, then that would catch my attention. But uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case. And look, you take Brock Glenn with the acknowledgement that you're taking Brock Glenn because you want to stack quality arms. You want to get in the habit of signing quality high school talent. And if you have Brock Glenn in this year's class and you signed a, a quarterback last year and then you've got a kid out of Savannah next year that you're exceptionally excited about. That's the formula for winning. You don't you don't sign, you know, a kid with the idea that this kid has to be the guy that's going to, you know, define the quarterback position for you uh, over the next two or three years. You you sign enough quarterbacks to where you feel, you know, collectively comfortable with the room and you let the numbers work out on your side. So um, I think Brock Glenn's a great piece, and, uh, you know, you sign uh, a good to great piece every year at quarterback, then you are not in the situation that, that Florida State has uh, has found itself until, you know, Jordan Travis's ultimate emergence about halfway through last year. So uh, I do think we had one more recruiting question that I'll try to get to, and then I'm going to wrap it up as I've got to start to get ready for, uh, for the day as well. Um, how am I feeling about Baxter? Is he going to show up at Doak tomorrow? Yeah, we'll just see uh, about Baxter in general. I don't know that he's uh, uh, scheduled for an unofficial necessarily. I do know that uh, from you know what I can see and gleam that they're kind of putting together uh, their final official visits uh, for this year's class, trying to time those up uh, to see when you can get kids in on particular weekends. Uh, I do think that December 17th or 18th weekend, 
uh, will be a pretty good push for them. I also think uh, if you saw yesterday that they announced uh, that they're going to be breaking ground on the uh, football-only facility, so you know maybe that's uh, something where you're able to get uh, a few more people in that weekend uh, that are not just recruits, and you know you're able to have a a decent uh, kind of final push on some of those kids. It's it's still wild to me that early signing day is as late as it is in December this year. And uh, if you can get kids in on the 17th for an official visit with signing day being what 22nd, uh, then, you know, you got to feel like you've got a pretty good chance to put your best argument out there. So um, it's been a hell of a lot of fun, y'all. I, I'm, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but I love waking up and spending some time with y'all uh, in the morning. I've done this for 10 or 12 years now. And many of you guys, Feel like, uh, you know, distant cousins. I don't know if you're family members, but you're certainly distant cousins, and I'm a big fan of all my cousins. So uh, appreciate it. Hope you all have a fantastic day. Uh, if you're just jumping in, had a couple of people asking about predictions. I think Bud was uh, 38-23, and I was more in the line of 41-20. Uh, to 20. So we'll see what happens there. Go Knowles. Beat the hell out of the Gators in one of the uh, more enjoyable seasons that we've been able to have around here as a fan base. And then we move straight into recruiting uh, both our current roster and uh, those that are yet to make their final decision. Awesome. Y'all love it. Thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks to our Patreons. And uh, we'll be back Saturday one way or another with a, uh, we'll be back Friday one way or another with an instant reaction podcast and an instant reaction podcast that in my opinion, uh, should be a pretty fun one. So till then, we'll go play a little more Seminole win, maybe have a bourbon, and we'll all be ready for 730 on Friday night.